Jesus curing on the Sabbath. Good morning, Christian America. We come across passages like the type we're going to discuss here today where Jesus cures people. He heals people. He does work. He does miracles on the Sabbath, and he's ridiculed because of it. Jesus gives us the spirit of the law in which we are to follow, while those that are chastising him are going by the letter of the law, by the word of the Old Testament. Jesus comes to testify to the spirit of the law, to reinforce it, but in a way that people aren't ready for, and even today, many of us aren't ready for. Let's get into the word of God today. We're going to cover John, uh, the gospel according to John chapter 5. We're going to start on verse 1. Get your Bibles out and get ready. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort, where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. If you support what we're trying to do here, we just ask that you share this video on your social media platform, that you subscribe to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. Pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. We seek to do three things, to inspire, to inform, and educate all on scripture inspire you to get out and spread the word of God, inspire you to get informed on what's going on around you, around our communities, around our country that has, uh, that, that has biblical impact, that has impacts on our faith, and, 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 and lastly, to educate ourselves into the word of God, educate ourselves on scripture itself, educate ourselves on the teachings of Jesus uh, so that we know exactly what he did, we can know exactly what he said, and then we can talk about what that means for us and our lives today individually, and what it means for the lives of our community. And so with that, friends, we're going to get into the word of God today. Turn your Bibles to the gospel according to John, that's the book of John, chapter five. We're going to start at verse one, and, and if you followed us on the previous podcast, you know that in John's gospel, at this point in John's gospel, he's recounting the, the, the things that Jesus is doing. And the, the good part of, of reading John's gospel is that John, having been there since the beginning uh, and writing this gospel much later in his life, after seeing and witnessing Jesus at the cross, and then resurrected, and then ascended into heaven, understanding in his later years what these things meant at the time that they took place, and he's recounting them. So you, you get a fuller, rich uh, text in John's narrative of these gospels. And so if you, if you followed us, you know that Jesus has performed miracles. He's performed uh, turning water into wine at Cana. Just last week, we talked about his second uh, sign at Cana with the royal official's son and Jesus just talking to him, recognizing the royal official's faith, heals his son who's back at the house, showing and, and, and Jesus talking about how the faith of one saves others. So not only is it just your faith, you having faith in Jesus can be healed, but what scripture demonstrates quite a few times 
is that when others come to Jesus on behalf of someone else, the, uh, on behalf of the lame who was uh, unable to walk, that his friends brought him to Jesus. And Jesus says that their faith healed the, the lame person. The royal official's faith healed his son at his home. In this passage we're going to talk about today, where, where Jesus is encountered with, uh, is encountering this man who has been lame for the majority of his whole life, for 38 years, scripture says. And even though it's on the Sabbath day, Jesus is going to heal him. But that act doesn't go unnoticed by the religious leaders of the day. And they, are going by the letter of the law, the Old Testament, about doing work on the Sabbath. And so they have issues with this. And this is one of the beginning portions of John's gospel where he reflects on the conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day and how they set out to entrap Jesus so that they, they set out to uh, find a way that they can trap him in his words so that they can do harm to him. And let's read the passage. I'm going to share it with you so you can see it and hear it for yourself. But then we want to talk about what some of these key points in this reading mean on the back side of this. So again, uh, the book of John chapter 5, verse 1, it says that after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now they're in Jerusalem at the sheep gate called a pool called in Hebrew Bethesda with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been ill for a long time. He said to him, do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am on my way, someone else gets down there before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately, the man became well, took up his mat and walked. Now it was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful. For you to carry your mat. Jesus, or he answered them, the man who made me well told me, take up your mat and walk. They asked him, who is this man who told you to take it up and walk? The man who was healed did not, did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away since there was a crowd there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, look, you are well. Do not sin anymore, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jews that Jesus was the man who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began to persecute Jesus because he did this on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason, the Jews tried all the more to kill him. Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also but he also called God his own father, making himself 
equal to God. That's an important phrase, making himself equal to God. So let's look at this passage, and that's why we cover just a portion of the scripture. We don't want to read a whole chapter because it can be, uh, there, there's so much richness, there can be so many issues to discuss uh, that we overwhelm you guys. So that's why it's important to follow us every every week as we continue down this journey through the gospel of John. So here it is on the Sabbath where there's a man who's been ill for 38 years. He's been at this spring and it's the custom, it's the belief that the lame and the ill and the blind, all these people that are around this spring water, that when the gas, and that's what it is, uh, whether they call it gas or not, but when the gas gets stirred up and they start, the water starts to bubble in this spring, they believe that it has healing powers. So these people, these lame, blind, uh, sick, and crippled individuals that are hanging around this pool, waiting so when the water is stirred up, that they can get be the first one into the water because it, they believe that the first one into the water will be healed. And so this man is sitting in this, in, in this environment, and he's been there for decades, not days, not weeks, not 38 years, scripture says. And so Jesus shows up and he goes right to him. And he asked him a simple question. Do you want to be well? And he doesn't necessarily answer the question. He's complaining. He's, he's feeling nihilistic. He's saying, I've been here forever. I can't be, I'm crippled. I'm ill. I can't be the first one in. Someone always beats me into the water. But Jesus is unconcerned with that. He doesn't even address the man's issue. Sometimes when we're, we feel that we have a problem in our midst, that we have a primary problem. It can be so much to us that even when the solution comes to us, we can be still so fixated on our idea of what the problem is that we can't recognize the solution when it's right there in front of us. That is exactly what's happening with this man. Jesus is coming to him saying, do you want to be well? And his first response is not, yes, master, I do. It's to bring up the problems that he has. And so let's take a lesson from this crippled man and recognize that Jesus, one, he is the answer to our problems. Two, let's not turn away from it. Three, when he offers himself to us, when he provides us with a blessing to solve our problems, let's, let's not fixate on the past issues in which made or possibly caused this problem. Let's just focus and turn our attention to Christ because he's there to heal us. And in this circumstance, he does heal this man. He says to take up your mat and walk. And that's it. And, and to his credit, he obeys because trust me, if I'm crippled and lame for 38 years and you make me walk, whatever you say to do, I'm going to do. As Jesus tells us how to live our lives, let us follow this man's direction and follow and, and, and do and follow the directions that Jesus gives us as he did when Jesus told him to do that. And so he picks up his mat and he starts to walk away. The religious leaders see him, the elders, they see him and say, wait, 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 wait. This is the Sabbath. We have 
uh, a proclamation, a, a law put uh, founded by Moses from God himself that says we should keep this day holy. And you can't do that. You can't be walking around with your mat. You should be observing the Sabbath. It is, by the way, one of the Ten Commandments. And so this is a classic example, not saying that these people are wrong. They're right by the letter of the law, by the, the law handed down from God to Moses. One of the Ten Commandments is to keep holy the Lord's day, to keep the Sabbath holy. And so they are trying to adhere to the letter of the law. This man says, but Jesus, he does, although he doesn't know his name, he said, the man who heals me told me to do this. And so he's doing it. And so the, the religious leaders, they get upset. Who told you? Who was the man who told you to break our law? And the guy doesn't know who Jesus is, but Jesus finds him later. And Jesus tells him a few things. Again, let us put our, our, ourselves in the position of this lame man, of this person who is not well, of this person who is in need of Jesus, of this person who has our own struggles, has his own struggles, of this person who maybe through no fault of his own has encountered struggle and trial in his life and has dealt with it for 38 years. Now he's encountered with Jesus. Now he's beginning to be healed. Now he's being told what to do. And now he's finally listening and following direction. And so when Jesus encounters him a second time and he tells the man to do not sin anymore, that is a clear directive from Jesus to this man. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. Not my words. This is Jesus. Jesus is telling this man, again, put ourselves in his position. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. What happens to you when you sin? What happens to you when you don't follow God's directives? What happens to you when you don't worship him? What happens to you when you start living in a manner in which is the opposite of what Jesus a does and B tells us to do. Your life becomes worse. It just does. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a life that's worse when they stop listening to the word of God. Those who don't know the word of God have bad lives. They have empty lives. They are sick. They are crippled. They are blind in their own way. They are handicapped in their own way because they can't fully experience life as it should be experienced. They can't fully experience love as, they, as they've been made to experience because they don't know Jesus. And Jesus is these things. He is life. He is love. He is truth. He is the proper way in which to orient yourself in this world. And so he says, do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. And said, then it, scripture says that, therefore, the Jews began to persecute Jesus because he did this on the Sabbath. So they know he, that they want to get after Jesus. Jesus knows that they're coming after him. They question him. They are riled up. 
Jesus answers him according to this passage. My father is at work until now, so I am at work. In other uh, gospel passages, Jesus is quoted as saying that the Sabbath is for man. Man is not made for the Sabbath. And he does work. He, uh, he eats when he's, not, when he's technically not supposed to. And Jesus, each time, reiterates this idea that there's the letter of the law that Moses handed down, and he says this in Matthew, due to the hardness of your hearts. So the Old Testament and the letter of the law was passed down because of the hardness of your hearts, the inability of people to understand. And so God just had to give it to them direct. This is the letter of the law. But now that Jesus is here, now that God has made manifest among us, now that he is walking and, and starting his ministry, he is explaining the spirit of the law of which the, the letter of the law is derived from. Jesus answers these Pharisees with the idea that my father is at work until now, so I will be at work until now. When Jesus tells you to move, you move. Whether it's the Sabbath or whether it's not, whether it's daytime or whether it's night, whether you're inside or outside, whether it's raining or there's sunshine. When Jesus tells you to move, you move. When he, when he tells you to act, he encourages you to act. He inspires you. He motivates you to go somewhere, to do something, to make your life better. That is what you have to do, regardless of what the letter of the law may be. When the letter of the law, even man-made law, when the letter of the law contradict with the word of God, you are bound to choose the word of God. When the letter of the law contradict with the word of Jesus, you are bound as Christians to follow the word of Jesus. Not only because that's what your faith tells you to do. If you do that, your life will be better because there is nothing good. There is nothing that can come that is good that is not from Jesus himself. So whenever his idea, whenever his example, whenever his teaching is up against anything else, you must always choose it because one, it's going to be morally and righteously just. And two, it's going to help you live a better life so that nothing worse may happen to you, as Jesus tells the man. And then finally, I'll just close this out with the last, with the last uh, verse in this paragraph where John, again, the beauty of John's gospel, having written it later in life, having the revelation that Jesus has given him, reflecting back on this event, he says, for this reason, the Jews tried all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his father, making himself equal to God. So John the beloved, John of the cross, John, brother of James, was with Jesus in the earliest moments of his ministry was with Jesus at the foot of the cross, was with Jesus in the upper room 
when he was resurrected and showed himself was with the disciple was with Peter at the empty tomb was with the rest of the disciples when Jesus ascended into heaven. Now that same John years later recounting this knowing what he knows specifically states Jesus made himself equal to God. That is why Jesus was crucified because the elders and the hypocrites knew what Jesus was saying. He made himself equal to God. He is equal to God. I don't have to theorize. The disciple John, who has as much experience as anyone else did, firsthand knowledge of Jesus's teachings and intent and actions, he tells us. Friends, if you like messages like this, if you get something out of it, if you're inspired, if you're informed, if you're educated, we just simply ask that you share this with your friends, with your, uh, with your family, that you subscribe to this podcast, that we spread God's message across our nation so that we can turn our nation back to Christ and get it on the right track once again. So until Monday, or excuse me, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.